0: Fueled again. Maximize your masculinity today at chok.com. Use the code Jesse for a massive discount on any chalk subscription for life. CHOQ.com, code Jesse. Limited time offer, subscription cancelable at any time. Someone tried to kill Brett Kavanaugh. That's not good. We'll talk about that tonight. We'll talk about. What do the communists think about you? Why does this keep happening? We have Matt Walsh on the show. We have Brian Dean Wright on the show. We have a banger for you on I'm Right. There's a dangerous thing going on in the country right now. Well, dangerous for you and dangerous for me. Not so much dangerous for the left. You're seeing this all over the place. You ever get the feeling like you're surrounded? Like you wake up and all around you are all these things that oppose you, sometimes overtly, sometimes subtly, but they all, they're all around you and they oppose you. Well, here's what we have happening in the country, and it is very, very dangerous. It's already cost a lot of people their lives. It will undoubtedly cost more people their lives in the future. You, me... We have been sandwiched from the top and the bottom. And no, I'm not going to make any Kamala jokes. D- don't. No, uh, th- this is what I mean. The Democrats on the top elected political leaders, you know, attorney generals, public health officials, FBI people, people on top, leadership, society's leadership. Corporation, honestly, this applies to the media, corporations, that are, are cultural leaders. They're all communists now. They're all on the left. And they're always, always, always using this drastic doomsday language to describe you and the threat you are. You're a white supremacist. You're a Nazi. You want to end democracy. You want children to be killed in school shootings. The dangerous, dangerous. This person's dangerous. Most dangerous thing happening right now, There's white nationalism over and over and over again there's this consistent theme coming down from the media on top raining down on society that alone would be bad enough except there's another part to this they also have the bottom violence nasty mentally handicapped street communists from black lives matter to antifa to the various violent green groups who you never hear anything about to the violent pro-abortion groups Do you haven't heard about all the fire bombings of the pro-life pregnancy centers have you they the groups at the bottom have nothing to lose they're all violent nutballs. Most often they're society's outcasts, and they view themselves as being the foot soldiers, the enforcement arm of communists. The Communists on top spread the message far and wide that you and me were a threat to democracy. The nutballs on the bottom, they hear those threats? They act on those threats. I mean, you remember after Kyle Rittenhouse got acquitted, Again, white guy kills two white guys. The people on top, elected Democrats, media people, what'd they do? Took to the airwaves and said, this is white supremacy. Look at this white supremacist, white supremacy, racism in this country. A few days later, Daryl Brooks gets in his SUV and mows down 70 white people in a Christmas parade. The top says the bottom acts. The top says... The bottom axe and we're in the middle we're the target chuck schumer gets up in 2020 and says this
1: i want to tell you gorsuch i want to tell you kavanaugh you have released the whirlwind and you will pay the price you won't know what hit you if you go forward with these awful decisions
0: you won't know what hits you well of course chuck schumer is not gonna do anything right gets up there gets crowd pumped up gives a little speech hey th- th- these guys are gonna end democracy you don't know what's gonna hit you anyway ba- back to my office except somebody an armed communist just went to brett kavanaugh's house last night with a knife and a gun and pepper spray and flat out announced his intent when he was caught to kill brett kavanaugh chuck schumer speaks The Street Communists at the Bottom Act. Over and over and over and over again. I could do a three-hour show tonight on all the politically motivated violence that has taken place against the right in just the past four or five years. Over and over and over again. Why does this keep happening? Well, the top and the bottom, they want it to happen. Remember, Jen Psaki, when she was press secretary, she was asked about... The addresses of these justices being leaked and now there's protests in front of their homes. Here's what she said.
2: So I know that there's an outrage right now, I guess, about uh, protests that have been peaceful to date. And we certainly continue to encourage that outside of judges' homes. And that's the president's position.
0: We encourage that outside of judges' homes, except here's the thing. That's against the law. Now, we don't have a legal system in this country that goes after Democrats ever, so they're allowed to say that. I mean, the FBI is busy twiddling its thumbs. They're staking out you at the school board, so they're not going to worry about Democrats standing up behind the podium and encouraging people to break the law. It is against the law to try to intimidate judges. So why did she do it? Why does this stuff keep on happening? Well, let's not dance around it. I know you've seen all kinds of things today. You've seen so many people on TV, on the radio. How many times have you heard this today? If this, t- if this happened to, 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 to a Republican, if it was a Republican outside of a, 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 a Sotomayor's house, they'd be talking about this endlessly. You've heard this over and over and over all day about the hypocrisy. Hypocrisy, the media is hypocrites. The Democrats are hypocrites. You've heard it endlessly, endlessly, right? I know you have. Probably. I can see you sitting there nodding your head. Oh, yeah. It misses the mark. It totally misses the mark when we say things like this. We've been trained wrongly on the right to believe that that's conservatism. Pointing out the hypocrisy of the communists, we think that's what conservative activism is. That does nothing. Let's start talking about real hard truths. The media, they don't do what they do, ignore what they ignore and cover what they cover because they're hypocrites democrats don't encourage this and discourage that because they're hypocrites the street communists they don't ignore this yet go hurt this person because they're hypocrites they do this because they believe you should die for what you believe they have no problem with your death none some of them actively want it some are just passively okay with it But because you, in their mind, you are a heretic to their religion. They are trying to reshape the world in the the name of their God. Their evil, demonic, communist God. And anyone who stands in the way of that is a heretic. They either actively want you to die, or in the very least, they're okay with it. The media doesn't do what they do. Democrats don't do what they do. The street communists don't do what they do because they're hypocrites. They do it because they want you to die. I know that's hard to accept, right? But that's why. You can watch this clip from MSNBC and say, oh, that's so hypocritical, they'd be covering it different. You can watch this clip and say they're hypocrites, or you can watch this clip and wake up, grow up, and realize these people want you murdered. What is? I mean, is it as obvious as it seems that domestic violent extremists are an important part of the voting coalition on the right? What? The mess that what? What you talking about? This like I said, this has been going on for years. Years. And not random motivations, we're not sure what they might believe. He kind of seemed like a psycho. I mean, you you do remember that a Bernie Sanders supporter admitted he did this for political reasons, showed up at a GOP baseball game and tried to murder. A bunch of GOP congressmen. He shot five people that day, almost took Steve Scalise's life, and he didn't do it for some rando reason. We're not sure why he did it. He did it because over and over and over and over and over again, Bernie Sanders, in his mind, told him to do it. That's it. So he grabbed a weapon and tried to do it. That's why these people do what they do. Everyone's out there celebrating today about this Chesa What a weird name, by the way. This Chesa Budin getting recalled he's the san francisco da who was turning all the crooks loose who were murdering everybody and rob and everything and people were out there celebrating "Woohoo! we finally got rid of him uh, allow me to caution you on that yeah it's nice he's gone one that a the son of two weather underground terrorists was elected in the first place is a problem two You do understand that this is something that's happening across the United States of America where prosecutors are intentionally turning violent criminals loose. Instead of prosecuting them, they're intentionally turning them loose. Why? Why did Chesa Budin intentionally turn violent criminals loose? Was it because of justice or fairness or equality? No, he wanted people to be murdered. Because in the chaos, in the insanity, and in the violence, the communist is able to gain more power. He's always been this way. And of course, he's always looking for the real enemy, right? In Chessa's case, what a weird name, it's the right-wing billionaires.
3: People are angry, they're frustrated. And I wanna be very clear about what happened tonight. The right-wing billionaires outspent us three to one.
0: Well, here's the truth. George Soros spent $40 million in 75 different cities across America, so prosecutors who are just like that guy can be elected. Now, why would someone do that? Why would anybody spend $40 million to make sure prosecutors who are elected will let violent people out on the streets? Again, don't overcomplicate this. Don't do that good-natured thing you do. Ah, they're just misguided. Why, he's just not sure. George Soros and people like him want a lot of Americans to die. They want massive civil unrest. They believe our country is evil and should be broken and brought to its knees. And one of the easiest ways to do that is to turn violent criminals loose so they'll go commit more acts of violence. It's not more complicated than that. Which brings me to what really angers me. And this is is genuinely, it really angers me. It's actually not the communists I despise the most in communism, although you know I hate them. It's eunuch Republicans. You see, ever since that shooting in Uvalde, of course, we have Matthew McConaughey now in the Senate and the White House and all these other things. And all the talk, the system has decided the new narrative is guns. Guns are the problem. What are we going to do about guns? We should do a little about guns, right? We should do a lot about guns, but it's definitely guns. It's the guns, of course. It's got to be gun, 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 gun. And so you can't do anything about that. I can't do anything about that. But we do have elected people in office who are supposedly supposed to be back there fighting for us and defending our rights. This went totally under the radar yesterday. I know I'm one of the only people in the country steamed about it, but I simply cannot get over this clip from Senator John Thune, when he of course is asked by some communist reporter about guns, and he immediately begins to quibble and make excuses for you and me.
1: In my state they use them to shoot prairie dogs and you know other types of varmints and so i think that there are legitimate reasons why people would want to have them and i think the challenge you have already is that there are literally millions of them available in this country
0: i'm sorry senator what did you just say did you just offer excuses to the communists for why i have an ar-15 I just—I I w- want to be clear about something, and I'm going I'm to try to remain calm. I am. I am. Uh, I've killed a lot of prairie dogs. I grew up in Montana. We used to go kill them all the time. The ranchers want you to kill them because they bust up the animal's legs and whatnot. But that, that's okay. I've killed a lot of prairie dogs. And I own an AR-15. And may I, my AR-15, it isn't for prairie dogs. My AR-15 is for killing people. It's for killing anybody who tries to hurt me or my family. Anybody. That's why I have an AR-15. And I have 30 round mags, so I can kill lots of them if I have to that's the purpose of my ar-15 and you know my explanation to the communists when they try to get me to justify it i don't say well they need them for prairie dogs and there's just too many my explanation is go screw yourself communist i have an ar-15 because i believe you are an evil murderous little piece of trash who would hurt me without a second thought for what i believe so i have an ar-15 just in case you try to do so and then i can hurt you back that's how I want my political leaders to talk. I'm so sick of this eunuch GOP. Well, uh, he needed it for prairie dogs. We, well, I mean, we do need it for the prairie dogs, guys. These are the people we send to Washington to defend our rights? You've got to be daggone kidding me. <laughs> Sorry, I got mad. I said I wasn't going to get mad. I got mad. I'm fine. I'm fine. All that may have made you uncomfortable, but I'm right. Mike Slater is gonna join us next. He's on top of this George Soros DA phenomenon that's happening across the country. We'll talk to Mike about it in just a second. Now let's talk about something else when it comes to guns and preparation and whatnot. Do you have any kind of prep done for, I don't know, whatever disaster scenario? Zombie apocalypse invaded by the Chinese? I mean, who knows? You probably have something, right? Got some ammo, food. Hopefully you have something for water and whatnot. And believe me, all those things are good. I encourage you, do all those things. Make some preparations. Do you know how most people die in survival situations and in combat, actually? Even in war, you know how most people die? It's actually not the bullets or the bombs. People get sick and they die. Over two thirds, that's how people die. Medical situations what's your antibiotic situation? How's your reserves for antibiotics? Do you even have one? Go get yourself a Jace case. Jace Medical is putting out this thing called a Jace case. Don't worry. It's all clinical. It's all done right. But what it is, is it's going to give you a supply of antibiotics. So if you need to, You have medication that can save you and your loved one's lives. Get a Jace case today. Go to jacemedical.com. jacemedical.com. Use the promo code JESSE because it gets you a discount, all right? jacemedical.com, promo code JESSE. We'll be back.
4: giving you the critical intelligence and analysis you need to start your morning.
3: Now, let me tell you why we've already won, folks. Let me tell you why we've already won. We have already won because we are part of a national movement that recognizes we can never incarcerate our way out of poverty.
0: Okay. Joining me now, my friend, Mike Slater, of course, the first very own Mike Slater. He has a great special coming out this Friday on America's declining birth rate. Mike mm. Chesapeake Dean. people don't know who this guy is. I don't know who this guy is. Where'd he come from?
3: Oh, this guy, oh, this he's one of the worst. So he's one of the, the wokest DAs in the country. Quick, quick DA, hired by the people to prosecute criminals on behalf of the law abiding citizens. We elected these people, these woke DAs because of George Soros, we'll get to him in a minute. And they don't prosecute crime. That's why we see crime spiking and all the rest. Chezzeboudin, one of the worst. When he was 14 months old, both of his parents were members of the Weather Underground. They're both domestic terrorists, and they were a part of a robbery of an armored truck, a Brinks armored money truck, right? There was a whole chase. They ended up stealing $1.6 million. There was a whole police chase. Two police officers ended up dying because of this melee. The woman, the mom, his mom was sentenced to 20 years in prison. She got out and she went on to be a professor at Columbia University, Ivy League School in New York City. His dad got 75 years plus 40 years. So he was gonna spend the rest of his life in prison. But Chuck Schumer, the very last thing he did in office was parole him uh, right before he left. So he's now out of prison. I think he his mom just died like a couple months ago. Whatever. This is Guevara. He was raised by Bill Ayers, the head of the Weather Underground. His first job out of college was working for Hugo Chavez in Venezuela. This guy died in the wool, proud communist, who's the prosecutor in San Francisco. By trade, he's a defense attorney. So he works on behalf, in his mind, of the criminals. Because this is the most important thing to the progressive mindset. The criminals are the victims. So whenever a criminal commits a crime, they're actually the victims, not the people who are the real life victims. It's so hard for conservatives to understand. And just let me say one more thing about this idea, because it's so incredibly important. Two things to note here. From a progressive worldview, first, we're all criminals, Jesse. We're all capitalists, which is a criminal enterprise. We're all beneficiaries of imperialism, which is crime. We're all a little bit criminals, aren't we? Right? Second thing to note, the Marxist worldview, uh, everything's about power. So law was about uh, white, rich, white, and capitalist, imperialist men imposing their power on the poor, vulnerable masses. So the law is unjust. Therefore, we're not going to prosecute people under the law because it is an expression of power. So we've had in San Francisco, to finish up this story, uh, just he's halfway through his term of you, uh, implementing this in San Francisco. And even in San Francisco, it was too much. And they recalled him, and last night, 61% of the people in San Francisco voted to kick him out of office. So that's the quick of the story of Cheza But there are these George Soros-funded DAs across the entire country. One-fifth of the population lives in an area with a George Soros-funded woke DA just as bad as Cheza There's 75 across the country that we still need to recall and get out of office.
0: Okay, before we get to Soros, which we'll get to him in a second, I would never have thought in a million years, San Francisco of all places would recall it. There has to be more to this story on the ground. Who got this thing rolling? What's going on, Mike?
3: Yeah, so there were a bunch of these stories. I mean, we've all seen the videos of the smash and grabs and people going into Walgreens and just emptying the shelves. We've all seen that. And it's one thing to say, oh, these DAs aren't prosecuting the quote unquote little crimes right? The the shoplifting and stuff like that. And they're not. And I think that's a huge deal. I don't think it's a little crime. It's a a huge quality of life issue. They're also not prosecuting the big crimes. So one of the big ones that really got his recall started was uh, January 2021. There were two women walking down the street in New Year's. They got hit by a car. The guy driving the car, it's a stolen car, he's been arrested five times that year. His most recent arrest was an armed carjacking. And, and every time he got out, they, he wasn't charged because crimes unjust, or laws are unjust, right? He's the real victim here. So then he ended up killing these two women, right? And there's tons of those stories, like the big ones. And the people of San Francisco had enough, in particular... The Asians in San Francisco, who until recently have not been that politically engaged, but just a couple months ago kicked out the entire, or almost the entire, San Francisco school board because of some things, super woke, far left, anti-Asian things that they've done as well. But I think you see the Asian community stepping up a little more, um, but even the people of San Francisco have had enough. Now, I don't think they've learned their lesson. I think they'll probably elect another woke DA, maybe just a little less woke, though. All right, Soros. You said one fifth of the country lives under this. Yeah, one fifth of all the of all the people. Uh, I think it's twenty five of yeah twenty five of the top fifty largest cities have a George Soros funded DA. Uh, Seventy five in total. So here's the deal with this. DAs have a ton of discretion. George Soros used to spend a ton of money on these congressional races, but you spend a ton of money, you only win for two years, and how much can a congressman really do? So he noticed this weakness in the system with these DAs. No one ever spent any money on these DA races, ever. Here in San Diego, the most a DA ever spent was like $100,000. He came in, spent 1.5 million. So he just blew up all these races with all this money and got these people in. So these DAs have a ton of discretion. They only have so much time, money, and employees. So they decide which uh, laws to prosecute, which criminals to prosecute, which not to prosecute. It's a, it's a balance game, right? But you put these woke people in, and they're just like, I'm not going to prosecute anything. <laughs> We're not going to prosecute anyone. Uh, in L.A., there's a recall. Uh, it's going to be in a November ballot to recall the one up here. This guy's as bad as they get. Uh, I'm trying to think of one of many stories. Let's do the one where a 20-year-old kid got lured by a gang, and he was murdered uh, by five gang members. Two different times, they thought he was dead, and he wasn't. They threw his body down, down these cliffs, and he turned out to still be alive. They went down there, and they, they killed him. Like they thought that he was dead the whole time, right? But they had to kill him up three different times. They did this. Uh, he, they, the the five murderers, they're gonna get they're gonna get out of jail in probably 10 15 years for doing this because uh, you know they're they're a wayward youth. <laughs> right. And, and uh, you know, they're, they're victims of circumstance and they're victims of society and poverty. And they're the real victims of this whole thing. And there's tons of stories like that. I can do one more real quick. Uh, a 17-year-old boy, two weeks before his 18th birthday, identified as a woman, was in a Denny's bathroom. A 10-year-old girl walked in. He molested the 10-year-old girl. Six years went by. He was caught in another crime. DA evidence charged him, connected him to this crime. Gascon, the LADA, sentenced him as a child and was going to give him just a couple weeks in juvie, the the the, uh, the uh, molester bragged about it on a jailhouse phone call. The media got it and said this guy's bragging about the fact that he's only going to be treated with kid gloves as a juvie and he's going to get out in no time. And then finally he was charged as an adult, but only because of the outcry afterwards. There's tons of these stories, tons of these stories, and all these DAs got to go.
0: Mike Slater, go watch his special on Friday. Thank you, my brother. I appreciate it
3: bro. Nice
0: you know, we've got a lot of talk still to have. We're about to have Matt Walsh on. And one of the things you're going to see with the Matt Walsh interview is how insane some of our doctors are. Where do you send your health insurance money every month? Because the, the insurance medical industry is not one you can trust anymore. Do you send your health insurance money to a health insurance company that hates you and your values? You know, you don't have to do that. We have to start being more purposeful with where we spend and don't spend our money. Put our money where our morals are, right? We say it all the time. Go to Health and get them. Faith-based insurance company, they'll never violate your values. They have a $75 off enrollment fee special right now too. If you go to my.onesharehealth.com slash Kelly, promo code Jesse Kelly, imagine actually feeling good about paying your health insurance bill.
2: Go, now. Male gametes. That's what makes me male.
3: No, your, your sperm don't make you male. Then what does? It's a constellation.
2: In reality, in truth, okay?
3: Whose truth are we talking about?
2: The same truth that says we're sitting in this room right now, you and I.
3: No, you're not listening.
2: If I, if I see a chicken laying eggs and I say that's a female chicken laying eggs, did I assign female or am I just observing a physical reality that's happening in the world?
3: Does a chicken have gender identity? Does a chicken cry? Well, a chi- does a chicken commit suicide? Let's yeah, frame it. Because you're talking, you're trying yeah, to... chicken be- has
2: sex like any, like any biological organism. A chicken has organism.
3: an assigned gender, but a chicken doesn't have a gender identity. So we
2: assign female to chickens when they lay eggs? That's a, We that's-
3: assume they're female if they lay eggs.
0: Joining me now, my friend Matt Walsh of The Matt Walsh Show, and of course the... The man who made this movie the movie is called what is a woman it's available on dailywire.com i would highly recommend you go watch it matt what struck me most and we have a couple clips but what struck me most about that one wasn't that that lady's an unhinged lunatic anyone with two eyes and two ears can hear that it's that that human being is not some wingnut on the street corner matt with pink hair waving a sign around that is an accomplished human being in charge of other people
2: exactly and I, that's one thing i hope people realize when they watch the film it's a disturbing reality but it's one we have to face is that these people are everywhere uh they're in every major institution they run these institutions and uh they're not they're not just on on uh, TikTok or wherever you want to think they are they are they're everywhere and it's, it's pretty disturbing also in medicine especially when we get into this i got this whole exchange with her about you know yeah truth whose truth is it do we have a is there one truth we all have our own truth and uh, But she, she's prescribing, you know, you're, you're giving medical treatments to people. You would, you would hope that when your doctor's giving you a medical treatment that you're both in the same reality together. Otherwise, how do I know if the treatment works just in your reality or only in mine? It's just, it is, uh, it's quite disturbing, I think.
0: Matt, there was a time in this country when the states themselves were encouraged to build churches. That's the America we were founded on. We've gone from that to, as you pointed out, this being mainstream. And again, this is everywhere now. This is now, to to do business in the major corporate business world, you almost have to subscribe or at least act like you do to this. How do we go from where we were to where we are? In what universe does that happen in a relatively short amount of time?
2: Uh, I think that it, well, one thing to keep in mind is that it's actually, it's not as short a period of time as it may seem. You know, there are kind of these landmarks along the path as you follow the trajectory back into the into the past. Um, but a lot of this stuff has been bubbling under the surface and has been kind of seeding into the un- institutions over the course of many decades. We talk about in the film, and go into the history of uh, gender ideology a little bit, and that's a, that's a subject that needs its own treatment, its own film, but we can only spend a few minutes on it. But um, we talk about guys like Alfred Kinsey and John Money, and these are... Uh, not, not the only important figures, but they are around, around the time when sort of gender ideology started to take its current form, and, uh, but it, it, was in the, it was in academia, it was in uh, government at some levels, among activists, and then it kind of exploded onto the mainstream, I think, over the last few years. And so when we all talk about how this just came out of nowhere, that's really what we're talking about. We're talking about is the kind of entrance into the mainstream but it was still there under, under the surface, I think.
0: One of the clips I enjoyed most was when you went to Africa. Here's a little snip for people.
2: What if a man decides that his, his gender identity is, is woman? A woman has its own duty, and a man has its own duty, and a lady cannot do the duty of a man, and a man cannot do the duty of a woman. Can a man become a woman? No. 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 What about a transgender? Okay. Transgender? No. No. It look like to if you want to become a lady but your man, you have something wrong in something your wrong. mind. Something wrong in your family. Something wrong in you. Man.
0: By any measure, we are far more technologically advanced than every person you were surrounded by there, I'm sure. I probably have more technology here in the palm of my hand right now than they'll ever see in their lifetime, access to endless amounts of wisdom and books and things like that. And yet, uh, an African tribe understands
2: basics better than we do. Why? I think uh, one of the reasons is that it has to do with the technology, I think, in some ways, that they kind of they live, they have to survive every day, and so they're very much situated in the reality. They don't have time to think about, wonder, well, what is truth? Do we have a, what is reality? What are all these, like, they don't have time to think about that. They have to actually survive. So they're just situated in their physical existence, and um, and that's what they're thinking about. The one thing that struck me is, I'm asking them these questions. Obviously, a lot of these, they haven't even, you know, it's, it's all it's a all, uh, foreign language in more ways than one to them. But also, it's like, the, the questions are so obvious to them that they can't even quite figure out why you would ask them. Whereas over here in the West, I think a lot of it is um, we're just sort of, we're so comfortable and we're just kind of sitting around navel-gazing and looking back within ourselves and thinking about what do I feel and how do I feel about how I feel and what is truth and what is this and what is that. Um, I think it's a kind of a luxury belief system in a, in a lot of ways. Yeah. One of the... <laughs> This look uh, th- this
0: is it was a tough competition but this human being may be the most insane person in your entire movie in my personal opinion. I didn't even know what a furry was until about 3 weeks ago my buddies told me. I thought they were messing with me and some guy had to call his teenage daughter and put her on speakerphone to explain that this is a real thing. You sat down with somebody who thinks he's an animal. Here's a clip.
3: I am a 27-year-old transgender woman. Um, I am a wolf therian and a member
2: of the furry fandom. When and how did you discover this inner wolfness?
3: Um, Probably around age 10 or 11. I was watching an anime about wolves and see the wolf running across the screen, and I'm somehow just intrinsically like, oh, that's me.
2: Have you spent any time around biological wolves? Yes. That sounds dangerous also, what, what context um, are you?
3: So I was a volunteer with a preserve and I've, I've also visited many wolf preserves.
2: Are you able to communicate with the wolves?
3: Am I gonna have a conversation with a wolf in the way that I'm communicating you and I? Obviously not. Am I going to read their body language, respond appropriately to their behaviors and their nonverbal cues, yes.
2: Would you be, would you be able to give us an example of this wolf communication?
3: Um, no. I'm not comfortable doing so.
2: Okay, all right.
0: Matt? Uh, okay. Um, everything else aside, I think he actually picked a pretty cool animal. I think, you know, I could go for being a wolf.
2: Uh, yeah, I mean, if you have to choose one. I, if if this is if the reality, if it's actual reality, I'd, you know, maybe you go with a bird so you can fly or that sort of thing. But, uh, uh, yeah, I mean, that that's a perfect example that we encounter we a lot in the film where... Um, you have to laugh because of the, the absurdity of it. And laughing at absurdity, that's actually the appropriate, correct response. So you should, but then, so it's funny, but then you go a little bit under the surface and you start to realize that there's actually some really sinister stuff going on here. And then it's, it's, it's not quite as funny anymore. And so we kind of wanted to bring that out in the film also is, you know, like, here's the funny stuff. Let's go beneath that, though, and um, find out what's, what's really going on. Speaking of beneath that, finally, I want people to see this. You call
0: this guy the hero of the film. uh, He's a transgender. I want people to watch this. We have five children's hospitals in the
2: United States promoting that. That's a phalloplasty. That's a bottom surgery. We have five children's hospitals in the United States
0: telling girls that they can be boys at
3: $70,000 a pop in a surgery that has a 67% complication rate. That will kill me from infection that I can't sue on. We're butchering a generation of children
1: because nobody's willing to talk about anything.
3: I have three kids
0: at the age that they're doing this to kids.
2: This is wrong. On so many
3: levels,
0: Matt. I'm a little bit shocked by those stances, but I admire the person for saying it.
2: Yeah, this is. Uh, it, w- it was a really interesting contrast because we talked to so-, so many of the so-called experts and doctors, professors, so on, politicians, uh, and they were the pro- they were the proponents, the advocates of gender ideology very evasive, didn't want to talk about anything, couldn't answer any questions, you know, everything's off-limits, can't talk about anything. And then we go, we talk to Scott Nugent, who's a a female who, as she puts it in the film, transitioned to appear like a man, but will never actually be a man. And she um, is just open and raw, honest, willing to talk about anything, like nothing's off-limits. That's what I found with uh, Nugent and all of the opponents of gender ideology were very eager to talk about it. And that's the thing, that's one of the themes in the film, is that We have this thing of gender ideology that's taking over society already has taken over society and the advocates don't want to talk about it the opponents do you got one side that wants to talk about the other side doesn't and i think in a lot of ways that kind of tells you everything you need to know about who's who's in the right here damn
0: the movie is what is a woman you got to go to dailywire.com to get it matt i appreciate you man thank you thanks a lot jesse all right you probably didn't wake up thinking about solar panels I sure didn't, but there's something going on right now you should know. We're going to talk to Brian Dean Wright about that next. Before we get to him, let's talk about insanity. You know how crazy it is that you're still sitting there suffering from allergies when there are Eden pure thunderstorms out there? They call it a thunderstorm. Now, you open it, and it doesn't look like a thunderstorm. It's just this little black box. It goes right in the outlet in the wall, doesn't even hardly make any noise, but they call it a thunderstorm. Because it does in your home what nature does after a thunderstorm. You know how you can smell how clean the air is? You can have that in your home. I do. I have one of these where I sleep, one where my boys sleep, one in the general living area. They have a three-pack. You can get three of them, and I would recommend it for under $200. That's $200 off. But you got to go to EdenPureDeals.com and use the code JESSE to get it. EdenPureDeals.com, code JESSE. We'll be back. What's all this solar talk? I mean, you saw Joe Biden, the Defense Production Act, solar panels. That's kind of odd when we're all getting crushed by gas prices. So what's all this mean? Well, if you did what I did, and downloaded the President's Daily Brief by my friend Brian Dean Wright, you would already know the answer to that. Remember, it's under 20 minutes. Every day it's under 20 minutes, and you are boned up and smarter than all of your friends in just the drive to work. Highly recommend it. Brian, for the lazy people who didn't download your podcast today, first of all, before we get to all the solar stuff, what is the Defense Production Act? That's a lot of words. What's that mean?
4: Yeah, basically, it's the president's authority to demand or compel the private sector to do some sort of federal government's bidding. Right tells them, instead of producing a car, you have to produce a tank, or instead of producing whatever particular product, we need a plane for the war. That's how it was designed to be used, but that's not how it's being used much these days, especially on this solar panel business.
0: Okay, what is this solar panel business?
4: Yeah. So for most people, they're like, this story is boring. I live in Seattle and it's always gray, right? It, it's a complicated issue and it's a bit, it, it, but it's really, really important. And why so I talk about why. And it has everything to do with not only our economy today, but the economy that we have in the future. Are we going to have manufacturing plants? Are we going to have jobs here that produce stuff, not just import stuff? So let's unpack this a little bit to understand what I've just said. Back in 2012, Barack Obama, then-president, slapped these tariffs on Chinese solar panels, panels that we were importing from China. But here's the deal. China was doing two things. One, they were cheating. Second, they were stealing. So let's talk about the cheating part first. What they were doing was giving their solar panel companies and a bunch of other companies, by the way, sweetheart finance deals. Basically, these companies were operating without revenue and so the Chinese government was underwriting all their efforts. So they could go out into the world and sell their products for super cheap, lose a lot of money, and then manufacturing companies like ours in America would go out of business, right? Because they don't have those sweetheart deals. All right, that was the first thing that Obama was addressing with these tariffs in 2012. The second, cheating. So the issue here is that China, as we all know, hacks and you know conducts corporate espionage to steal things. Beyond the cheating, it's thievery. So back in 2012 and again in 2014, we had these major hacks by China, and they were breaking into various companies throughout the, uh, the United States. U.S. Steel was one, Alcoa, Aluminum Production was another. The third was a company called solar World, And this is a solar company that was manufacturing uh, solar panels in this country. And so what china was doing was stealing all that intellectual property all those trade secrets you know the chemicals that they would put in the panels or the the design and then they would give that to their own companies and then those companies would sell it for pennies on the dollar supported by the chinese communist regime and then here's the kicker they would sell all those solar panels right back to us here in the united states meanwhile that means that your manufacturing companies, solar and otherwise, go out of business because they can't compete with that. So Obama slapped these tariffs on, and that's what Joe Biden just got rid of, because here's the deal. He has tremendous pressure to create progress for his allies on climate change. He also is trying to make a point that this, that this is about Vladimir Putin. I don't really understand it, but he's saying basically, the more solar that we have here, the worse it is for Vladimir Putin. Anyway, but then of course the climate change one is a big one. So what his announcement did was basically rip off these tariffs. And here's the kicker: there was an investigation underway to make sure that what China was doing is they was sending either their solar panels directly to us or all these other countries in Southeast Asia. That investigation was going to confirm that China was still thieving and still. You engaged in all these shenanigans. Well, he took out all the teeth to that investigation. So even if, even if the investigators find that China or these countries are colluding with China to undermine our manufacturers, undermine people out there who have these jobs, these manufacturers, doesn't matter. All the tariffs are gone. So this story ultimately isn't just about solar panels. It's about can we manufacture stuff in this country Have manufacturers produce great products, have great jobs, our communities stronger with good tax base. Are we going to stop these foreign competitors, people like China, from taking this all from us, from stealing it? Well, it doesn't seem like we're going to if we keep removing these tariffs and we remove any disincentives from China doing this in the future. So a lot to talk about on this one, but it's really, really important.
0: Okay, Brian, well, this doesn't seem at all like a national security issue, so I I realize this is a really stupid question, but
4: how is he allowed to do this? Uh, So there is a little law back from 1930 that basically allows him to go in and undo this investigation that basically trumps the law that Congress passed a few years ago that demanded these investigations take place to protect our people, to protect our companies. So he used this law. Now, there are people who are saying that this 1930 law was abused by Joe Biden, and they probably are going to sue to stop him. Not sure how successful that will be. But the bottom line is he is using you know little tricks of the trade to get his climate change agenda passed, and it's precisely what's happening. Figures.
0: Brian Dean Wright, his podcast is the President's Daily Brief. Go subscribe. Download it every day. Thank you, brother. You betcha. All right, we have a great light in the mood. Next. You like Disney movies? Now, I I hope you're not still watching Disney movies with all that groomer pedophilia crap they're putting in there, but historically you've watched them, right? Don't lie. Lion King and all those movies. Well, I think that possibly Disney movies are to blame. I, I, I don't know that, I don't have clinical studies in front of me, but I think, I think maybe Disney movies are partially to blame for people around the world. This is not unique to America or something like that. For people around the world to believe that animals are all just cute and cuddly. Right, they have the big eyes and so they're cute and cuddly it's just a just a just a big fluffy teddy bear i've said this before i'm going to say it again animals are dangerous they will murder you without a second thought enjoy somebody who got a little bit close to an orangutan and this man is lucky to be alive <laughs> Stay away from the animals. I'll see you tomorrow.
4: Each morning, the President of the United States receives a highly classified briefing on the most important issues facing the country. It's called the President's Daily Brief, or PDB. It's delivered by America's spies and analysts. Well, now you can hear your very own PDB in the form of a podcast hosted by me, Brian Dean Wright a former CIA operations officer. Each morning at 6 a.m. Eastern, I'll bring you 15 to 20 minutes of the most important issues facing the country, giving you the critical intelligence and analysis you need to start your morning.
0: dot org.